people are disgusting look at them eyeing they fly over in their helicopter and they're just eyeing Lahaina oh I can't wait to build rebuild that in my own image and the people be damned and the people making the same mistake the people are begging the billionaires to come in and rescue them yeah now it's uh 
It's a uh, not a good, not a good situation. Not a good situation. Not a good situation. Greetings, in the name of the most. Well, we've got. Unfortunately, this is why. You know, I'm I'm kind of joining the ranks of you know getting too angry to do this talk anymore and I guess I'll funnel it into my writing and maybe some future generation will discover me and 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 read about the way things are you know rather than all the spin so I'll be the one to tell you this I think there'll be other people joining me uh but I have a direct kind of a direct revelation about Maui and it's this listen you know and the, fa- the fact that they're begging Larry Ellison on top of everything to, to bail them out. I, uh, the Hawaiians are just making the same mistake they made in the first place. They need to, you know, borrow money from these, you know, tax these billionaires. Use the money to rebuild. But no, you see, Maui's was targeted. Maui is no place. The the elites have wanted Maui forever. They've already displaced the people, the people that work there, you know, and and indigenous people there. They cannot, they, they, what what do they do for recreation? They can't afford anything. Everything is, everything is, you know, double what it is everywhere else in the United States. It's a billionaire playground. Uh, I can just tell you, uh, you know, I've been going to Maui since I was a, child whenever I could and Trish is very familiar with it and here's the thing it's um it used to be this idea of you know an escape you know for people that are not uh, you know billionaires an escape you know that you live in Maui and eat coconuts and fish and you know just have a a a free lifestyle whatever I know there's nothing for free anywhere but I mean it was always a romantic destination Maui was you know, a place, um, you know, for surfers, you know, surfers are poor unless they're, you know, they sell out to the big Volcom or the big, you know, the big, uh, billabong or something like that. But otherwise they're poor and, you know, unless they have, you know, a talent where they can be, uh, you know, put on a contest circuit and made into a, you know, dancing seal. Uh, but the thing is, is that it, it's, um, we all know that, <laughs> That that asshole Bezos and his stupid girlfriend, and she, I guess, she owns, you know, her, you know, uh, I forget her name now, but she owns $78 million worth of property there. Ellison at one point tried to buy Maui. He bought Lanai, okay? Huge island. And he bought everyone in it. He bought the Ritz-Carlton. He bought everything and everyone in it works for Ellison. Larry Ellison, who was founder of Oracle, okay? Silicon Valley. You know, big uh, billionaire, competes with Bill Gates. All right. So, you know, Zuckerberg is trying to, you know, buy up all of, uh, you know, Kauai and basically wants to, you know, be there without the, the, the and have a, a playground for him and his friends. Same thing with Silicon Valley is basically trying to, you know, and entertainers like Oprah. Okay, Oprah has, you know, you know probably a billion dollars invested there. She's a billionaire. So they're so the Hawaiians are running, you know, the Mauiites, the Mauians, are running to these people for relief, for Lahaina. Now Lahaina didn't burn down by natural causes; somebody burned it down. 
I'll just go ahead and say it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. There's no way that, um, you know, that first of all, the whole the weather pattern and everything was, you know, a dry wind in Lahaina that, uh, you know, a hurricane with no clouds or, you know, <laughs> this dry wind just blowing offshore, you know, with, at hurricane uh, speeds. Um, what do you think is going to happen? And, you know, uh, obviously, for many years, they've been trying to buy up Lahaina, okay? And the, the people there won't sell. It's, it's really just a shanty fish town, and that became big with the cruise ships that, that uh, will stop in the Lahaina Harbor, okay? And, um, you know, it's a quaint little tourist destination. There's all these little shops and T-shirts and curios, and, you know, there's... Uh, there's just a, you know, there's, a, if you want to go, you know, a little, a little higher up, you can, you can dine at, uh, McFleetwood's place on, uh, on front street. And then, you know, they, if you go late enough at night and, you know, hang out then they start jamming, you know, with famous people that live on the island, Steven Tyler, Sammy Hagar, um, and a bunch of others, you know, I just can't name them all, but they're, you know, they're, they're the, the elites of Maui. They've taken over Maui because they have so much money that basically they can buy everything and everyone. And so now what Bezos did with Lanai, which is, you know, basically, it, I don't know if it expanded. I mean, there was the Ritz-Carlton there and there was, you know, whatever. But these guys all ended up working for, for they became, you know, slaves of Ellison, including the hotel people. And the people that work in the hotels, the maids. The, the reason I couldn't stand it anymore, I quit going... A decade ago, I quit. I said, I don't want to go back here. It's too sad. The people are unhappy. That's why. And they're unhappy because people have been coming in, and they've been coming in from Japan, too, with, you know, tons of, of money. To, they, the, the Japanese basically built out uh, Wailea, and they, they tried to turn that into, like, this Palm Springs. That's a completely horrible place. And, um, you know, the opposite of which would be the other side of the island which I'm sure they're eyeing that right now. You know, Hana and uh, up in uh, Paia and uh, Haiku and up on the, you know, up country, they call it. It's up on the, the mountain of the uh, Haleakala Crater. And there's its rainforest up there because that's the rainy side of the island. And it rains all the time. And so everything's lush and beautiful. And, and that's where a lot of the surfing goes on, Jaws and Hukipa and Mama's Fish House is over there. If anyone who knows Maui understands all these old iconic places, but um, which is not far from the airport, really. And then the drive to Hana takes all day. It's just little twists and turns, you know. How long before there's going to be a highway to Hana? It's just you know ten minutes, right? It's going to bulldoze the the, the 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 rainforest. How long before they do that? What do you think? Not long. I'm sure. So the people are very unhappy to begin with, and they're very unhappy that they got swindled out of Hawaii back in the day, you know, the white man. And this is a real, you know, evil white man, European, the cook, uh, Captain Cook, et cetera, whatever, you know, all of that. You know, the, col col the colonization of Hawaiians, it kind of went like the colonization of the Tahitians. Another group of people that's very, very, they're very sad. Okay? They're, they're, oh, the little Tahitians, they're so nice. The billionaires like to pat them on the head and go, oh, look at their little rituals. Isn't that cute? You know what I mean? It's just the ugly, 
American on steroids. That's what you get with like Bezos and or fake virtue signaling, like they're trying to act like they're, you know, they're one of the natives or something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, uh, it's so transparent and everybody can see it. Okay. It's ugly. What I'm describing is really something that would be delicious in a novel, except for you'd want to, you'd want to become an activist, I guess, after seeing this. You want to, you'd want to outlaw billionaires from, from Maui. That's the first thing that should happen. The, you know, when, whenever there's a tragedy, like a big fire or something like, like I look back, I've been a little bit of a student of the San Francisco fire because I have uh, ancestors that went through that, okay? Okay, now, uh, my family had been in the insurance company, insurance business, but the top of the line, okay? So, uh, you know, we've had some discussions about, you know, qui bono. Yeah, a lot of people benefited from the San Francisco fire. People could buy it up for pennies on the dollar. Well, right now, Lahaina is for sale. And Bezos is already up in a helicopter flying around looking at it. The billionaires are up in their helicopters just like eyeing where they're going to, you know, build. Who wouldn't want to have a mansion right there on the, on the water? You know, can't do it now. It's a, it's a shanty town. There's people all over the place. There's cheap motels. There's still... You know, as you go up further, I, I think if you go further than Lahaina, I think you get up to uh, Kanapali, which they ruined that too, because that was ruined back in the late '60s. That that was supposed to be a playground for the for the for the for the uh, for you know for the upscale Americans. It turned into just this tourist wasteland. You know what I mean? There's almost no purpose for Kanapali. You know. Uh, I guess if you're a golfer, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's, um, it's just, you know, big hotels stacked up. It's like what they've done to Cancun, right? And then they've done this all over the place. As you keep going further north, though, <clears throat> you run into um, a couple of weird hotels. And there's a, uh, <clears throat> excuse, there is a, um, we stayed in one of these up there. It's past Honolulu Bay, I think. Um, and Honolulu Bay was an incredible surf spot. That, uh, but but you know you could you could see that developed. I mean, you know, again, Larry Ellison. Uh, you see, you can have Kauai if you're you know Zuckerberg and he's there, and I'm sure he'd love to keep everybody else out except his little buddies, unless you qualify. And Hawaiians be damned. They don't give a shit about Hawaiians. They just want to move the Hawaiians out. They, they just want the Hawaiians to shut up and go away and just, you know, be maids and be cooks and do that. And then, of course, you got the, the mob bosses, too. There's, there's, you know, Hawaiian mafia. And then they hoard, and then they're against the people, too. So the people have nothing, and they're making the same mistake as they did with the colonizers. And that was a mistake. And, you know, becoming another state of the United States was a big mistake. And this whole thing's been one big mistake. Now with Bezos and now that they're, they're, they're out there fundraising and doing all this stuff, flying around in helicopters, just simply salivating. And it's disgusting if you understand. But I don't know many people that understand. Do you? This is not a conspiracy theory. This is fact. This is the way things work. This is, this is under the heading of the way the world really works, but nobody seems to understand. 
I know I can't stop them, but I can, you know, my, my thing is I've written it off. I've given it to God. I've just said to the Lord, you know, <clears throat> this place is gone. As far as I'm concerned, it, it, it already fell, but that, this is the last straw is when they burnt this, you know, Lahaina down. I mean, that's desperate. But, you know, the military has been involved in it. Did you know that the, the actual military is involved in the firefighting effort? I mean, not the guard, not, no, the actual military was sent in. <laughs> in other words, probably the guys who lit the fire in the first place are now, you know, because they work for the billionaires, right? The military doesn't work for you. They work for Bezos. They work for Larry Ellison. They work for, in Hawaii, there's all kinds of military assets because you've got Pearl Harbor, you've got uh, the top of the Haleakala Crater. There's all kinds of like interfaces with you know alien technology, all kinds of weird stuff up there. You know, it's like advanced technology on Maui. There's an underground. There's a you know underground something going on at the, you know under the crater. The crater is ten thousand feet up. I mean, it's huge. It's really high up there. It's very thin air. But um, Maui is the jewel. When Ellison bought, uh, when Ellison bought Lanai, you know he settled for that. That's not what he really wants. He wants his share of the Hawaiian Islands, you know, and that would include you know um, Oahu as well. But Oahu is like a you know giant not Las Vegas, right? Completely destroyed. Waikiki complete. It's already destroyed. If you burn it down with a fire, it'd actually look better. Not so with Lahaina. Lahaina still had its shantytown roots. But now, I mean, you go to any of these other towns like Wailea, you, don't, you just see white shirts with crickets on it or with, with, with polo guys on there. Uh, you know, medium cropped hair, a scissor clip beard. Uh, people getting in and out of limos, um, you know, uh, a big uh, presence in the, you know, the, the, the spas are, you know, huge, uh, you know, and, and getting their spa treatment and walking around in robes and, you know, ordering people around. And if that doesn't make you want to throw up, uh, then you're just insensitive, especially if you're not one of these Elites, if you can see at least what they're doing to the people, the people there, are, like I said, are very unhappy because they, well, they can't really afford to live on the island. And they don't want to, you know, so they don't want to jack prices up on the tourists. Heaven forbid. So, you know, so this has been a game that's been going on. But now, now you got the move since we're, since the world is ending. The elites need a place where they can go, and that's the WEF. That's all of them. They're the uh, candidates have been Bali, right? Bali is a candidate. Bali really went all out to try to woo them. Remember the last uh, G20 that was there? The, all WEF guys were there. Klaus Schwab was there. Remember that? They had Wagyu beef on the menu, huh? How about that? Don't you understand? You've, you have to fight. <laughs> Your children will be killed. Your children are dead already. Your children are already just like being dissected for their organs. That's, that's, all the, that's every citizen of the United States. 
you're already dead. What does it matter now anyway if you fight back? I mean, who's going to, you don't want to be scolded? You, you, you're worried that you, you're not going to be, you'll, you'll be a pariah in your social circle that doesn't, that believes the, 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 the COVID was uh, you know, simply some natural disaster that right-wingers are, are um, opposing and making conspiracy theories out of. You really believe that? Most of the people that you call right-wing aren't right-wing at all. They would be considered liberals in the old days. Except for the stand on abortion. Except for the stand on, on the family and abortion. Who wants to be a part of something that says, you know, like, this is the left today. Your existence, Zeph, is, a, is my oppressor. So therefore, they, you know, we already know they want to kill us all. We already, I already know, having been in the hospital, they wanted me dead. That's, that's the worst place you can go, a hospital. If you have to go there to save your life, that's one thing. But make no mistake, if you're anywhere near any one of us, if you're a, a believer in the Lord, you go to a Christian hospital, and all they want is you dead. And most of them are like, you know, they're, they're immigrants anyway. They're, 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 there's no American nurses anymore. They, they, they advertise and advertise. Nobody signs up. And I know why. Because they were killing people during COVID and cashing in, you know, getting the 50 grand by just murdering people. You, do you know this, that the, the highest uh, rate of death in, in med- the medical field, the highest rate of death occurs in hospitals uh, through misdiagnosis. Did you know that? Did you know that it's, it's like over 700,000, it's a ridiculous number, that most people that die, die because of their incompetence? Did you know that? It's not incompetence, though. It's on purpose. And did you know that? No, you, you can't quite go there. Well, that sounds like a conspiracy. You've been trained well. You've been trained to reject anything that's real. Always in the past, the billionaires have come in. The robber, they're the, the billionaires are the thieves and robber barons. They didn't get their billions fairly. There's no way. You think Apple could have been anything without Chinese slave labor? Nothing. Zero. Zilch. They would have been, out, they would have been outdone. These, these are people that don't give a shit. And they act like they're so uh, devout and, oh, they want to help the little people and they pat them on the head and it's disgusting, man. It's, and I know, I know I'm sounding like a communist revolutionary now, but I mean, I'm, I, you know, just take the word communist off and call it revolutionary. Now, meanwhile, the people of Maui, and this has been going on for decades and decades and decades, are so pissed off about the, uh, about, you know, the West taking over their island and taking over their politics and taking over their whole thing. They just can't really get over it. I mean, and then, then you've got now the, the kids of those people, they can't make enough money to, to do, so they, they wind up in some place like like I say, the, the, the north shore of the island, you know, up in the rainforest, you know, in, in hippie land, which is, became hippie land. That's the last place, bastion for, uh, for you know, for, for wanderers that like to go barefoot, uh, you know. And, um, but, but that's a myth now, too. 
that's all becoming like, you know, four and five star restaurants and, you know, shishi little hotels for, you know, 1500 bucks a night. You know what I mean? Huh? You want to see that happen there? That's happening in Mexico too. My friend, my Mexican friend tells me, he goes, everybody down here in Mexico, I mean, they're all improving their homes and they're all, um, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've got really nice things. I mean, and in America, they've got nothing. I said, no, America's been, t- they're not going to put any swimming pools in anymore. Or they're not going to put in nice kitchens. Or in- but in Mexico, they are. And I said, they have more money in Mexico than we do. They're spending their money on uh, improving their lifestyle. No one's going to take over Mexico. They're going to kill everybody here in the United States. It's, 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 it, and it's, you know, the people that are doing it, are, you know, the people that are the biggest murderers are, you know, is Amazon and Bezos and Oprah Winfrey. She's going to destroy Maui, whatever's left of it. She's going to turn it into one big coven for her little witchy, uh, her little, you know, her little petty, vain, stupid little, you know, spiritual exploits on Maui. The only spirit on Maui is the devil. That's it. Satan is reigning supreme right now. And the billionaires are his acolytes. And now the poor people of Maui are running stupidly to the elites and to the rich and to Biden and anybody else they can think of begging for help, which means slavery, you stupid idiot. It's the same as the colony. It's the same as what you've been complaining about all your life. It's the reason you hate white people. And now you're doing it again, begging white people. I mean, Oprah might as well be white, right? So Oprah's a white person. So you're begging the white people, the great white hope to come save you. Oh, they'll save you and they're going to own your ass. But, you know, they want a playground for them and them only. And, And the future of Maui is this. Uh, the elites will all have access, and they'll go there in their private jets, and they'll 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 have you know they'll 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 have all the islands to themselves. They will eventually find a way to burn down or bulldoze Waikiki. They will uh, make it all like you know Kauai, where they're not building anything. And if anyone is building anything, and if it isn't under the approval of this mafia, and Larry Ellison, those guys, Larry Fink, Larry Fink, this is the Larry Fink wet dream. He's just. He's salivating right now. He just can't wait to get in there and scoop that Lahaina up. Oh, boy. And put a modern medical facility, you know, for cloning. Yes. We could put in, you know, all, you know, when you arrive by cruise, the cruise ships won't even be able to come to the harbor because no one on the cruise ship could could probably afford what is going to be happening in Lahaina. They're going to have to say, you can't come here anymore, cruise ship. There's no more quaint fishy town, you know, fish town Lahaina anymore. Lahaina is like a hippie town. You know, you walk around, you know, barefoot and there's the harbor and there's people of all walks of life. And, you know, there's hot dogs and hamburgers and, you know, Hawaiian shirts and uh, little masks you can buy. You know what I mean? It's a, you know, music going on in the street, you know, just uh, something you're never going to see again. Okay. And wait, just wait till they're done with it. They have a whole master plan for the Hawaiian Islands, but it's for them and their Silicon Valley buddies and their they're, you know, they're globalist uh, friends in uh, Switzerland and uh, Abu Dhabi or, or, or Dubai, rather. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, 
there'll be no problem with any kind of uh, any kind of uh, anything you want to do, anything you you need, anything that uh, floats your boat will be legal on Maui. Sheltered and protected by the military. The military is Maui. You know, why aren't they in Pearl Harbor only? Well, they seem to be Johnny on the spot, don't they? They're right there with their helicopters and their uh, fire. <laughs> they were right there. It's almost like they prepared for it before the fire started. Uh, you know, in fact, <laughs> oh, it's making me sick. I, I've uh, I got those old feelings like when I wrote Society, I wanted to burn down L.A., you know, at least burn down Beverly Hills and everyone in it. So I understand this thing inside, this feeling that you're being oppressed by, by, by you, know, you know, powerful people. Because I've had that. I've grown up with that. And I have been oppressed by powerful people. And they've had their way with me. They destroyed my life. I mean, if a life was going to school, graduating, getting a job, becoming a, you know, just another briefcase slave in the world. You know what I mean? If, that's, if that was ruining my life, I guess they, they, they didn't ruin my life, if you look at it that way. But if you look at that as being a normal person in life, then yeah, they destroyed my life. If you look at that as being a uh, shackle, which I, that's the way I look at it, that these are just, you know, know-nothing, uh, you know, slaves of the system. They don't question anything. They... The only real fun they have is when they have a convention, they can run after hookers. You know what I'm saying? You know, the briefcase parade. <laughs> oh, i got to pay the bills. <laughs> you know, just love to see someone with a briefcase, you know, go to the boss and they say, you know, you can take this briefcase and I'm going to shove it up your ass before I leave here. I'm going to have you squealing like a pig, you motherfucker. All you do is oppress everybody. Threaten everyone with getting fired if they step one step out of line. Well, here's, here's out of line for you. I'm going to throw you out the fucking window, and we're 100 floors up. How do you like that? <laughs> and uh, I say that kind of stuff for, for my writing, you know what I mean, for, for fiction. And, uh, you know, I don't threat, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't hurt people. Like, you know, I don't return the favor. You know, when you're betrayed, you'd return, you return a prayer. You, you give that person to the Lord. You, you, you pray to bless. You bless people that curse you. And I automatically do that. But, I mean, I can feel that, that animal energy, that, 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 that revolutionary energy. I can feel that, really. You know, and, and I'm not surprised that there was a 75-year-old guy. He was, uh, he was threatening to kill Biden and do all this stuff and, you know, I mean, that's where, where he had gotten to. But he was expressing uh, a feeling a lot of people have. A lot of people want to, to you know, pull that trigger. I mean, a lot. I mean, it, it, I, this is, as, you know, I just can't believe we're not in full-on World War Three here internally. You know, it'd be a war against the people versus, you know, the, the traitorous FBI who really works for them. They really um, are international. They don't work for America or Americans. And neither does the Department of Justice, and neither does the entire U.S. government. The U.S. government is at war with the people, 
and the people are trying to figure out what that, you know, slowly waking up and really too slow to save the, the, the country, in my, in my opinion. You know that my, one, my third, my one-third, two-thirds thing that I've adopted from a, a brother in Christ, um, you know, that's held up very well. Did you know that two-thirds of the people of the United States got the COVID uh, vaccine? And one-third did not. Can you believe how many fell for that? And which means that they have no IQ. I mean, none. They're below 100, at least. Oh, yeah, that'd be professors. Just because you're a professor doesn't mean you have an IQ. IQ really should be measured also on discernment. You know, IQ shouldn't be... um, just how fast your brain processes, you know, math, math equations or something. Anybody can ace those. You know? So I feel it. You know, I feel terrible about what's happening in Maui. I, I feel terrible that they, they burned it down. And, um, you know, I feel terrible that um, they're now the billionaires are flying over in private helicopters and literally salivating. It's just, you know, and I guess you got to put Sammy Hagar and uh, what's his name, Tyler and the rest of them, any other, the rock, the, the aging, aged rock stars that are over there. Because, I mean, you know, F- F- Fleetwood went over there and then I guess he was followed by other rock stars. Well, what are you people doing? You're, you're part of the problem. You're, you're not quite billionaires, but you're feeding it. You're hanging out with them. Hoping to secure a spot for yourself. So you're all sellouts. Who cares about you, Hagar? And you, okay, before we we snap to judgment on that, let's wait and see what you do. I'll bet you anything you you launch a concert for the people of Maui. Huh? Maui aid, huh, Hagar? How about it? Huh? Tyler, Maui aid. I I can see it now. With special guest Oprah Winfrey and, and Jeff Bezos. With Larry Ellison flying in to give a special word, to give the coronation to, uh, to, to, to Oprah herself, who could become the queen of the island. I can see it. I can see it, man. And good thing Oprah's black, right? Because you can't put, push a, any white people because the people of Hawaii hate white people. So now we, you know, but she's as white as can be, right? She's like a complete traitor to her race. <laughs> right? She's more in the Bezos club. She's more in the Larry Ellison Club than she is in, uh, you know, the Malcolm X uh, Club. Okay? Hello? Yes? <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. So just watch Maui and weep, friends. I'm never going there again. I don't want to be in a place that Ellison has his filthy paws on. You know what I mean? He's disgusting. He's a megalomaniac. He buys a whole island and buys everyone's job and buys the Ritz-Carlton, buys everything on the island. And now he's like eyeing Maui. I mean, he, he wanted, uh, he didn't, Lanai wasn't his first choice. He's just, now he's got a big piece of real estate. You know what I mean? It doesn't take a genius to figure out that the billionaires can buy all of Hawaii many times over. Every island. Oahu, you know what I mean? And they can buy a Maui and they can buy Lanai and Molokai and all the rest of it. They can buy the whole thing. I think it was Molokai used to be a leper colony in the way, way back. 
I could be wrong about that, but uh, I believe that was right. And uh, but boy, that's too too. That's really prime real estate. Too prime to have it just be a leprechaun. Yeah, it's got to be developed, you know. And all Ellison, they probably are going to develop a master plan to make it like a a Silicon Valley campus, the entire thing. And you can go by like underwater rail, you know, hyper rail, you know, that goes at like Mach five or something underground and, and, and go between islands, you know, zip, 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 zip. Uh, no more airplane flight, right? It'll just be a vacuum tube, electromagneto type trains under, underwater that uh, Elon Musk wanted to develop. Uh, one that went from Los Angeles to San Francisco in five minutes or something. And why not just go all the way out to Hawaii on that? You know, and just traveling underground. Put some big windows in so you can see the, so you can see the, the, the you know, all the fish and all the. <laughs> Stop at underground uh, way stations where you can buy some uh, some T-shirts and look cool, and then get all the other all the slaves that you need to be fans of your little bands and your movies that you make and all the little stuff that you do, and how Amazon Prime uh, promises it doesn't jimmy the numbers on IMDb. Oh, really? Oh, really? Why do you have a multitude of people that you pay to, to give every independent filmmaker bad reviews except and then boast yours? Why do you do that? Totally sold out. Totally for sale. Complete whore. IMDb is a whore because it's owned by Amazon. Jeff Bezos is a robber baron whore. That's all he is. That's all he is. He's just a whore. You know? And he's going to, do you think these people, when I look at Maui, do you know what I see? When I was a child, I had Maui as my, I was going to escape the world and go to Maui. That's how beautiful it was. That's how my recollection of like, and I'd surfed at Honolulu Bay, you know, as a child. I didn't surf it enough to really master it. I, I kind of, you know, I, I but I, you know, I, I had some tough times with the coral reefs. But still, it was that beautiful. I mean, if to that aside, and, and I, I'd surfed a few beach breaks and reef breaks around Maui and uh, Oahu. I didn't get into big wave riding, but, you know, it's, it's, to me, you know, surf, I did, when it was competitive, you got to realize in some spots on, on, in the islands, you know, the surfers are still have some balls, you know, in terms of being territorial, being tribal. And if you just come from the, if you're just a howley from the mainland and you just go over there and think you could just paddle out, you can think again. They'll break your board and they'll, they'll slash your tires and they'll, and, they'll, and they'll punch you in the face. At least that's the way it used to be before, you know, people's lives get ruined if you, if you even belch. So, um, but that's how it is. And I remember, you know, talking to a guy about talking to a Maui local and he was surfing this little 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 reef break, and I was looking at. I wasn't going to go surfing because I was, you know, I passed that time in my life. The reason you don't see that many old surfers is because of this: the human skeleton uh, is not as limber, and so you you just you, you're chiropractic, but you know you just wind up crippled. You know what I mean? Because it's a real strain on lower back and mid back and neck, and you know there's a lot of things that can happen to an older person that, that a young person wouldn't even, you know, they can be tossed around and thrown around and nothing happens. 
So anyway, I'm talking to this guy and, you know, talking, talking about the Howley situation. I just said, well, you know, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here as a, as a tourist. I'm spending money in your uh, state. I realize that you have a certain hostility toward Howley's and I, uh, and I, I applaud that. Um, I'd hate to have a home break and then, and then just have it polluted by no nothing people that just fly over and just think that they can just invade any place and go ride waves that are basically belong to you and your, your, your folks, you know, that have been riding here for, for generations. He goes, yeah, it gets really bad now, you know, <laughs> talking to Hawaiian talk, it's really bad. And this was a decade ago. It's really, he's explaining to me because he kind of warmed up to me because he saw that I wasn't going to bring a board out. So he was, already at ease with me at that point. And, um, you know, he, he was all too happy to tell me about the Howley situation, you know, how the island is completely ruined, you know, and how um, the people, the real Hawaiians, the, you know, generational Hawaiians, people that uh, come from these big families and stuff, how much they hate, um, they hate Americans. They just totally hate them. They blame America for ruining their island. And now they, they, they can get more specific. Not America. It's people like Jeff Bezos who are ruining their island. And then they go, oh, we have to have fresh water. Okay, water Nazis. We have to police the water, make sure people aren't polluting with a Jeff Bezos truck. Jeff Bezos AR-15s, Jeff Bezos helicopters, Jeff Bezos spotlights, Jeff Bezos prisons. You mean more of a prison than working at Amazon? Wow. Well, of course he's capable of that. He's capable of killing every one of you and not even batting an eye and having a, you know, a... a, a a thirty thousand uh, dollar, you know, bottle of wine at dinner, and and uh, you know, a, a custom made, uh, you know, uh, you know, Chateau Briand, cooked by the best chef in the world, and he, he just he just toasted his accomplishment of getting rid of people while he's milking them dry. Yeah, it's um, well, my talk. I hope it helps somebody. Somebody that has a, I, I don't, no one around here has fire in the belly. Not, not in New Mexico. Fuck no. These people here are just going to go along to get along to the very last drop. Till they drop dead. And that's my, but so, you know, so, but there's no surprise in New Mexico. I already know that. I knew that when we decided to come here, that it was going to be, you know, um, sort of, you know, the, the northern part, you know, Santa Fe is sort of what you might call, um, you know, the left-wing liberal sort of, you know, New York, L.A., uh, you know, trust fund baby destination or something, you know, where these guys come in from New York and they come in from L.A., they come in from Silicon Valley, Right. And then they adopt a really cool, they start dressing in the kind of cool stuff and they, they all get behind the Native American, you know, the, they feel oppressed like the Native Americans 
like the Zias and the Navajos and the <laughs> and they start wearing their hair like Indians. Oh God, help me! I got to get to my. I got to write. You know, I got. I really just need to do satire and just really, you know, just hit it. Just go full on, you know, full on knife sharpening session. You know, full on razor blades. And uh, because people are so bad and they don't even know it because they've been allowed to get away with this shit for, I mean, here in Santa Fe, they've been getting away with this shit for a long time. Coming in here as like Westerners, you know, haters of uh, the same people who, who, you know, threw the Indians on these reservations without even running water. And they, they and you know, make no mistake. They, they've bought up all the land around Santa Fe. You could name the celebrities, you know, back in the, the late Gene Hackman lived up there. And, you know, so, so there's always there's always rock stars and celebrities buying, you know, multi-million dollar houses and now gated communities and, and all centering around Santa Fe, you know. And um, the, the whatever was here before, you know, be damned. And they're the ones who build the museums and they sponsor the. The uh, you know they produce the, uh, the the shows down at the Lenzik, you know with uh, uh, you know and sometimes they'll have Native American dances. Isn't that fun? So you know, mom and pop can go down there. You know, Lily White Bread people can go down there and just really enjoy the culture. <laughs> enjoy the culture. The culture is blood. And pain, what the hell's the matter with you? The culture is you came in here and you ruined New Mexico and you ruined Santa Fe and you ruined something that had been going on way before the USA was, uh, was anything. We even had a revolutionary war. Santa Fe was here in the 1400s. And y'all ruined it, just like you're ruining Maui. Just like you ruined Palm Springs. Just like you ruined Beverly Hills. Just like you ruined Martha's Vineyard. And you will continue to ruin everything you touch. Austin, Texas, complete ruination. You know, Seattle, there's a good one. That was the she-she place, wasn't it? And all you people moved up in there. And now we have nothing but squalor. Go ahead. You ruined New York. You ruined uh, the Hamptons. What else? You, you ruined Paris. Uh, you, I'm, I'm sure, give it a little time for, you know... I don't know the status of Switzerland, but I'm sure given enough time, though, there'll be, you know, riots and stuff from unhappy people because you people have made everybody unhappy. You people have been unfair with everything you've done. And you people have stolen, you know, everything from everybody. Now you own everything and people own nothing. And you reduce them to slave wages and they can't pay their bills. And you sit there in judgment of whether or not they're polluters or not. And don't steal my dialogue for your screenplays. That's, that's mine. That's copyrighted. <clears throat> Just kidding. Go ahead. Use whatever you like. So, um, what are we going to do about Maui, huh? You going to let Larry Ellison, the likes of Larry Ellison, you like Larry? Hey, Steven Tyler, you like Larry coming in and buying, he'll buy you up too. You're like a, you know, a poor relation. You're, you guys are, 
you guys are like you and Hagar, like the uh, and and uh, you, you know Mick Fleetwood. You guys have kind of burned through your money and everything, and you bought a lot of Ferraris, you bought a lot of stuff, but you're not one of these super elites. You know, I guess as long as you don't write any music that's real and you don't have lyrics that express what's really going on, like you, Hagar, um, you know, uh, as long as you don't uh, cross a certain line, maybe they'll let you live there in your hilltop uh, manor overlooking the sea. Yeah, you'll be allowed to live there. And I guess the people there, Ellison can buy him up like he did on Lanai. And even if they say they work for the Ritz-Carlton, they really work for him. You know, he's really Satan. So here we go. And uh, we got Ellison involved, and, and who else is involved? If you want to see a great article, it's on Breitbart. Um, but that's just one. I don't think you'll see anything like what we're talking about. No, no, no. They're going to be... Oh, yes, Maui Aid. Oh, this is a devastating moment for Maui. And many are suffering from this unimaginable loss, Fleetwood said. Fleetwood's on Front Street, uh, Fleetwood's on Front Street, which is the, the, the restaurant and, and uh, bar, has been lost. And while we are heartbroken, our main priority is the safety of our dear staff and team members. Dude, your staff can't afford, you know, uh, you know a studio apartment. You know what I mean? And now you burn them all down. There's nowhere to live. On behalf of myself and my family, I share... My, see, so we're going to go to the billionaires and the famous. You know, we're all singing the you know, leftist, the libtard, globalist phrases. And we're going to have them be the leaders. And they're going to have the moral high ground. And they're going to lecture the rest of us. Fleetwood is a fucking Howley. Immigrant. Howley. He shouldn't be quoted here. They should be quoting Hawaii. I just can't. Don't even get me started. I just, I'm ready to throw something through the window right now. I'll bet you somewhere in Maui, there's some underground. Somewhere. There's got to be. I mean, sure, let it be natives, you know, people with, you know, with, with bloodlines to the, to the past, fine. But somebody that's going to strike back, I mean, something. Or lawyers or lawfare or something. This idea of just being steamrolled, though, and then being like, oh, will you please go? Oh, thank you, Larry Ellison. I'll be your slave as long as I can feed my family. Well, that's how you lost Maui, dude. That's how you lost Maui. You think this Tulsi Gabbard represents anything on Maui? You think she even really cares? She hasn't done shit for Maui. If anything, she's going to bring more money in, thinking she's doing Maui a favor because Maui's poor. And by the way, folks, Maui is poor. Hawaii is poor. How can that be, given it's the, the one of the top destinations in the world for, for to- <laughs> tourism? How can it be that so much money that has been laundered through building these hotels, like the, the Yakuza money that built, they'd spent a billion dollars on the Grand Wailea. How can, where did all that money go? Certainly not, didn't benefit Maui. 
And so now they're going to, you know, this, 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 um, you know, I, I do have compassion for the burning down. I feel very sorry for the people, but I, I don't believe they're going to be able to get back on their feet there. I believe they're going to have to leave. A lot of them. Especially the imports. As far as Fleetwood goes, he's too old to run a restaurant anyway, so he'll probably retire. You know, but I'm just... But, but is that really a big thing? Will people really be sorry that some Howley restaurant for a rock star won't be there to have jam sessions with other Howleys that come in like, you know, uh, you know, rock star guy, status guys and they jam there, isn't that quaint? And so yeah, we can actually go down there and have a great time watching that. I just, I don't believe the Hawaiians and the, uh, the West can get along because the West has been disingenuous and stolen everything and ruined everything. And everything is in ruin now. Pick any island you want. It's in, it's in ruination. And the elites recognize that. And they want to build it in their image. of you know, a, a campus like Amazon or a campus like uh, Silicon Valley, like Facebook or like you know, Google. You know, a place where they can fly their private jets in. A place where the, the staff never complains about anything. You know, we'll build them a little amusement park somewhere for them, them and their slavey kids. We'll, we'll put Hawaiian-blooded people on the board of directors to make it look like we're really equanimous and, and, and you know, we have equanimity and, um, you know, fairness. We'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll rig all the elections to make sure we get exactly what we want because we'll flood with money anybody we want to be elected to make sure Maui remains in our grasp forever. We'll use it as a place for advanced medicine and we'll use it as a place for, you know, and many, many want to use the Haleakala Crater as a place to stage alien-human relations. Military is already there. Yep. I'll just go drive up there, you'll see. Military is all over Maui. Yep, and why do you think that is? Strategic place for, in case there's a nuclear war? No, something else. There's a, there's a crossroads there. There's a portal there. And that portal has to do with that crater. And they're all over it. And I could go on and on and on and on and on indefinitely, you know, about every atrocity that's been done. But all these atrocities that get done every day, people seem to be numb to it. Like the latest one is launching a tick that if it, when it bites you, 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 you don't like meat anymore. You can't eat meat. You're allergic to it. Now, what kind of sick Nazi piece of shit would do something like that? How about Antifa going around calling uh, people who want freedom Nazis and themselves who are Nazis, uh, you know, freedom fighters? What about that? being completely twisted around backwards and then going around. And how about the fact they can yell at the jury and say, if you convict these guys for what they did, I'll remember your faces and come after you. So they let him go. What kind of a joke is this? And everything is, is a, a, like a million times more of a joke now than it was two years ago. We're, it's not on the verge of turning around. It's on the verge of total collapse, but it's not a total collapse. It's an engineered collapse with this idea of a utopia being built in, in its place 
without, you know, carbon life forms. Why can't you understand you're, you're dead? You're dead. You're fucking dead, damn it. You're dead. Don't you get that? I see people. I don't know. I'm a raving lunatic. You know, I mean, you know, haul me off to, you know, give me a shot of Thorazine, tape my mouth shut and tape my brain so I don't ever have to think about anything again. You know, and I don't want to use that F word. I'm sorry. It just flies off my tongue too easily. I'm just so frustrated. I can barely contain myself. Aren't you angry? When you saw the Maui headlines, weren't you angry? Didn't, what did you think when there were those fires in the Pacific Northwest and everything was burned, but the trees were still standing there perfectly untouched? What did you think of that? Did you think at all? Do you have any thought in your head at all? That can't happen. Do you understand? That is, you know, talk about science. That's not scientific. <laughs> when, when things burn and neighborhoods burn, the trees burn too. Didn't you know that? No, they did it. Do you realize? And if they'll do that, uh, they'll do the same thing with you, with weather, fires, whatever. They're, you know, now they're launching a big drought here in the Southwest. They took away the, uh, you know, through, the, through create, they can create a high ridge, high pressure over a certain area, which they did. It just sat there bringing 100, 110 degree temperatures to, to Texas and New Mexico and, and Arizona and Nevada and wherever else. And the ridge just stayed there. You know, Colorado would get rain, but it, the, the no monsoons. I have never been through a season, folks, where there were no monsoons. The only thing you'll get if you have no monsoons is you're going to get fires. And, you know, you may have Santa Fe burned down to the ground because of dry conditions. And, of course, you, they're, you know, arsonists who are working for the uh, global elites who basically want to burn down every city there is so they can, you know, save them the time of bulldozing them. Anyway, we all, you know... People who know know all this stuff. I'm just, you know, you know. I guess you feel helpless, huh? You must feel helpless. We've got Jesus, but Jesus is not good enough because we feel helpless anyway, even with Jesus. So Jesus is failing right now. Just like my health is failing. Where's Jesus? Jesus, where are you, Jesus? Where are you, Lord? Where are you, God? Where are you, God Almighty? Where are you? Well, I just had them burn down Lahaina. What more do you want? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that's right. You are multidimensional. There's a good and a bad. You bring Isaiah 45. You bring the calamity and you bring the peace. You bring the rainbow, but you also bring the flood. I get it. And the good oftentimes have to die with the wicked. I get it. I get it, man. Well, I'm, I'm ready to die then. You know, I, it's kind of a toss-up if I, you know, the only reason it's good that I didn't die before is because, I mean, I have to, you know, help, I want to help Trish. And she helps me, and um, we're not done. I don't know that it does any good my screaming 
about, you know, but just, I'm just doing it because I feel so offended, even if I'm not Hawaiian. If I were me, I'd kick every Howie off the island and I would shut down tourism and I'd go, and I would just say, you get, get this fucker Biden out of here and all these presidents and even anybody else, even Trump or anybody, just keep them the hell out of here. You know, but I don't know. I think they bit the apple. You know, I think they gave consent, the Hawaiians. And that's why instead of being proud Hawaiians, they're begging the billionaires for help, which is, it's so ugly. It makes me, I just, I'd like to fly over there and organize a, um, you know, uh, a, a movement to be anti-billionaire anti-Bezos, anti-Tulsi Gabbard, or any other politician. They all talk out both sides of their ass. You know, she's better than most, but I mean, I still, you know, she's corrupted by the system. She's still trying to be, she's part Hawaiian, but she's trying to like, you know, blend in. I guess her... Her half-breed status makes her like, like will be a tweener. Like she's kind of like trying to do the American thing and trying to do the Hawaiian thing. The two don't mix. Hawaiian and America don't mix. Hawaii and America don't mix. Japan and Hawaii don't mix. China and Hawaii don't mix. Asia and Hawaii don't mix. Tahiti and Hawaii don't mix. Australia and Hawaii don't mix. Okay, Hawaii is uh, Hawaii and Hawaii. Hawaii can only mix with Hawaii. And they made a deal with the devil, became a state in the union. And the first thing is what, what we just put military hardware. How fast were those military? What do you mean the military fights the fire and they got all this firefighting equipment just at the ready right on, on, on moment one? What are you talking about? The military, the fires we've had here, the military wasn't called in to fight the fires. And they were significant. It's like, hey, the military is here taking care of the fires so we can all rest easy. We got the U.S. military now on it. I say the military fighting the fires is a curse on Maui. Well, you know, I'm probably more radical in my talk today than anyone you've ever heard, but uh, it's it's basically the same basic stuff that everybody gets upset about. You know, do the Hawaiians have any freedom, really? Or are they slaves? I know in America, most people are slaves. So, I mean, it's, if they're, I guess if they identify with America, they're slaves. Uh, is there anyone in Hawaii that refused the jab? What's the ratio there? Is it like here, pathetic? It's two-thirds took the jab and one-third didn't. And of the two-thirds that took it, um, you know, half of those jabs were not deadly. And then some were kind of deadly. And then, then there's about 10% that were the full-on, you take the jab, you die type of deadly. So they were doing a big experiment. Um, that's why we resisted. Couldn't anybody see 
how easy that was to see. You know, whenever I see the Foo Fighters, this, this uh, you know, lousy person, Dave Grohl, and I, and I, you know, everyone likes him, so I'm sure I'm saying something that, you know, most people would disagree with. But nobody ever dealt with uh, Taylor Hawkins' death. They all talked about drugs. I mean, even on Facebook, it was pathetic. It was, it was pathetic. Nobody on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere dealt with Taylor. And if they did deal with it accurately, they were shunned. They told people, if you don't take the jab, don't come to our concert. We won't let you in. When I had to tell the hospital here, Christus St. Vincent, that I didn't take the jab, they looked at me like they're going to throw me out of the hospital. And they did, pretty much. I should have been hospitalized for a month. <laughs> okay. I don't know what hell is exactly, but this, to me, this is hell. Okay? Hawaii is hell. And I knew that 10 years ago. The most fun time, we you know, rented a house up on the, uh, amount, uh, the hill above Lahaina. And, and a little bit to this, to, a little down the, the way. You could get a good view of Lanai, the island of Lanai. And um, it was a, a Bali. They did the house Bali style, you know, with Bali furniture and this and that. And then when it came time, I had to put down a $2,000 deposit or whatever. And when it came time to, to leave, they just dicked me for all this stuff that was like broken before. And, you know, they just lied. And they, they just kept the, the whole deposit and said, well, you left our house trashed. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of flattered. I'm not a rock star, but yeah, thanks for the compliment that I trashed your house, but I didn't really. But I, I enjoyed the house was, uh, was, uh, you know, the bedroom, everything, the atmosphere was just, uh, wonderful. I'd, I'd like to own a house like that myself, you know, and I had a little place to write and create music and, and, uh, kind of off the garage there. And, you know, outside there was beautiful lawns and it's like the garden of Eden, coconuts just falling out of the trees everywhere. You know, you, the next, you hear them go thud in the night, thud, 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 you know, when they fall off the tree. You go out and get one, you know, take a machete, cut it in half, whatever, put a hole in it, and uh, delicious, right? The young coconuts are the most delicious. The, people think the hard coconut, hard coconut's the best. No, the water is not as sweet and pure, and it's just more fresh when you get it off the tree. You get it off the tree and get, your, get, you know, get a hole in it and uh, get that water it's almost like life-saving. And then the meat that's in there, there's a little thin layer of meat that can be scraped with a spoon, and you just eat it like cereal, just scrape it with a spoon. comes off. If you wait, have to wait five years before it can get hardened, and then, it's, then you have to cut it apart, and you have to like, take a knife and cut chips off from it. And it's, it's, The meat tastes pretty good at that stage, but it's the, 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 the water does not. It's, it's like half as good. It's, it's not as potent. No, you no. You, the, 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 if you get it off the tree, I mean, now this makes common sense. Come on, you get it off the tree, you get your hole in there, you get your amazing water that sets your day off perfectly. You've got a little breakfast in there. Of, uh, I mean, a coconut is is a is one meal for a man. You know, it's, it's hydration and it's a it's a it's a meal. It's amazing that God provided those. 
those coconuts that, you know, and then you add a little fish to it, right? You learn how to fish. It's like Tom Hanks in uh, uh, Castaway. You know, he started with the coconuts. He got bored with those, and he started trying to spear a fish, and then, you know, eventually you figure out how to, you know, get salt from, you know, salt, water, and, you know, what, spices and herbs from the gardens and whatnot. Anyway, um, but... You can survive on a, you know, coconut. Uh, you know, it's funny when I see these movies with people that they get on a, stranded on an island and they become completely dehydrated and they become completely, uh, you, you know, like they're just like dying of starvation where there's coconuts all up and down the island. And have you think back on the movies you've seen where you've seen these people like starving while there's all these coconuts, there's fish in the sea, and there's all kinds of, uh, you know, plants that have not been explored, but they're lying on the island helpless trying to S- get SOS and trying to send up smoke signals, and they can't go grab a coconut. And, you know, if there's any vegetation at all, it means it rains, and that you have to just take your, you know, your tropical plants and make them into little catchers for the water. And, uh, you know, so capture, so you drink rain, rain water and coconut water and eat coconuts, and then... Uh, you know, which is like mana, and then you get tired of that, and then I suppose you can move up to crabs. Yeah, you know, learn how to do fire. But but they're starving to death on the beach with, you know, and, and then there's like wild boars running around, <laughs> you know. There's all kinds of food, and, and they don't recognize it. They only They can only eat like what was on the plane that crashed or the boat that sunk. No, it's it's uh it's uh is that a joke the director is playing on the audience? Why is that? You know, I'm stranded on this island and there's and, and we're just gonna starve to death even though there's a million coconuts and a million fish all around us and all we have to do is like sharpen some some bamboo or something, you know, to get a well anyway, it's okay. Never mind me. I'm just <clears throat> um it's it's really a, a sad thing this this Lahaina wound up you know in the hands of the billionaires, and I know everybody's mourning that you know it's sad for the people it's very sad but you know what, running and begging the billionaires to bail you out in Maui that that that's a recipe for that's death that's that's slavery and death that's they're going to basically make Maui in their own image in, in the image of Oprah Winfrey now. And Larry Ellison, he's a, he's a predator. He's going to buy up anything he can buy. He's going to buy the whole town. Isn't it happy? Larry's put us all back to work. Yeah, you're working for Larry Ellison now. He's got slave camps on Lanai, and now here's another one, Lahaina. Isn't there any way that anybody can do anything? See, Hawaii is just as hopeless as America. Right? You don't, I don't see any way out. For the Hawaiians, I see that Bezos and those guys, you know, and Oprah and and even the rock stars. I mean, I could see Sammy Hagar on the stage right now, you know, everyone going, yay, oh, yeah, oh, popularity, oh, yeah, yeah, man, it's all good, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see him prancing around saying, hey, dig deep into your pockets because we got to save this island, save we got to save Mick Fleetwood's, Fleetwood on Front Street. we got to save all these little stores and these da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, they have their concert and not one penny goes to any store because the stores are obsolete. They're not going to rebuild those. 
It has to be built into a modern... This is the opportunity. Well, we'll just have to watch and see. I, I, I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I hope the people there that own property are going to go, well, yes, I want that insurance money. I want to rebuild my little curio shop. I want to rebuild my little corner bar. I'd like to rebuild my uh, cheeseburger in paradise uh, restaurant. Remember that one? People have been there. Cheeseburger in paradise, right? Based on the Jimmy Buffett. Um, you know, we're going to rebuild Front Street and have jam sessions to, and, and overcharge the customers, you know, you know, 100 bucks per a plate. You know, we're going we're gonna, yeah, to set up a, a modern hotels and spas. Like Maui really needs more hotels and spas, right? It's just polluted with hotels and spas. The biggest polluter is like, you know, would be the Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton, the, uh, not the Ritz-Carlton, but the Grand Wailea and all those and in, 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 um, in all those uh, condos and Kihei and that whole thing over there. That's the desert part of the island. Um, they ruined that. And they turned that into the image of, uh, you know, leave it to beaver or something, you know, lawns and golf courses and, um, you know, know, rows of perfectly planted palm trees that that, that don't grow coconuts and, uh, you know, grand entrances to the valet service when you drive up to the hotel. And, uh, well, I know, I know, you know, something about the Grand Wailea because I went there for a couple of writers' conferences. Oh, they were corrupt. I had to write them a letter. They were basically using our money, that the people that just earnestly went there to, to, uh, to try to further their exploits as writers, the, the money that they took in, and they took in a lot of money, millions actually, and uh, they used that money to sponsor galas between the celebrities that showed up and the, uh, the agents and publishers. They all got together in a, you know, and uh, they were having part. In, in fact, in the Grand Wale, you could, if a couple of floors up, you could look over the balcony and look down and see them down there. So we were watching them, all schmoozing with each other. And then we, we weren't invited. We weren't allowed. And so I wrote them a letter, you know, and I passed the letter around to, you know, some fellow writer friends around the table. And I said, I'm going to, you know, this is what I've sent them. And they got my letter and the next thing you know is they hid the cocktail parties then. That's what they did. After getting my letter about that was unfair and people pay money and to come to Maui and they don't have any contacts or anything and they're trying to, you know, and, and seeing the elites down there schmoozing, that seems the whole... And then I had one guy tell me, I'm not going to buy your book. I'm not going to listen to your pitch. I'm just here because I get a free vacation with my family and I get to, you know, I need to network with people that can help my career. So I'm not going to help you. Direct. Admitted it. And then I wrote my letter based on that. I was just basically told to go fuck myself. You know, you're a fool. Every, every dime you spend here goes into my pocket. And allows me the opportunity to schmooze with, uh, you know, fellow celebrities. So your dreams don't really matter, and they're already dashed, and we've already pissed on them all. So I was, you know, so the, after the letter, the next day I looked down there, they were supposed to have a cocktail. It was moved to where nobody could look in. So none of the writers could get upset. They, they, from then on, they had closed-door schmoozing sessions with, you know, 
famous writers and producers and whatever else they, whatever other thing they pulled out of their ass. Eventually, it went bankrupt, and it was accused of corruption. In other words, embezzlement of funds, and the whole thing went down and down in flames. And it was just like, Lord, that's just what I pr- I prayed hard about it because I was so hurt, and so many people were hurt. I was so hurt. I was just devastated. I felt like such a fool. I felt like Carrie. And so I launched spiritual warfare. And then the next thing you know, the big powerful Maui Writers Conference was shut down. The whole thing. They reaped what they had sown and what they did was very dishonest and very disingenuous. Um, In fact, I don't know many incidents on this earth that have been anything but being stabbed in the back. Have you ever had a month where you weren't stabbed in the back? Oscar Wilde said, well, at least your friends stab you in the front. <laughs> I, I always like that. But um, anyway, I, you know, I, I, I feel I've got to do something with this Maui thing. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I've, I, I don't want people to just start, you know, going PC on us. And, and, and farm aid, please don't do that Willie Nelson thing. Please, please, for God's sake, don't do that. I'm sorry, Lord, I just took your name in vain. For Pete's sake, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't, 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 don't fall into that trap. Please. It's very dangerous right now when everyone's mourning. They can really take advantage of you when you're weak like that, when you're vulnerable. They'll get you begging them for help. They'll put on worldwide televised concerts. Bezos is all about it, man. I mean, he's Mr. Entertainment, right? Have you seen Amazon Prime? What a piece of shit that is, huh? IMDb, Amazon Prime, has been the greatest disservice to movies in the history of film. And if if I've had my way, I would shut them down. Shut it the fuck down. Now. In fact... I'm getting rid of Prime today. I'm getting rid of Netflix. I'm getting rid of Dish. I'm getting rid of all of it because they're all, all they do is promote lousiness and whenever there's something decent, it always gets marked down. Why is that? Why is that? Unless you do something neutral, like if you do a a surf film, you can get, you know, they'll leave you alone on IMDb. You can have seven, seven out of 10 there. But I mean, anything else, it's, 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 it's subject to fuckery. And I met people that get paid to write those uh, lousy, like they never saw your film. I've met the people, I've actually met people that get paid to write those articles. To, to pretend like they're real people. And um, they have a lot of money to pay those guys. And they have a whole army of them. You know, they're also, they also hang out on Letterboxd. They just sit there waiting to give, like, Tom Hanks five stars and some unknown actor, you know, one star. And, um, or maybe it's just human nature. But at least I don't have to participate anymore because I'm done. You know, I'm done. I'm so done with everything. I'm so done. I'm just so done.
I'm completely done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm fucking sorry about that. No, I'm done. I just, it just, I, I live in a, you know, a doppelganger echo chamber. And it just echoes every day they do the same shit, no matter how much pain and tragedy. Then, you know, no matter how much tragedy Hawaii has gone through and how much pain and, and upset and anger, they're doing it again. They're doing it again on Maui. They're doing the same thing, begging the West to bail them out. This would be a great opportunity to rebel. And I don't care if you tell me, don't, you look like, look, white, white man, don't ever come here again. I'd say, gladly, take your island and kick all white people off. Whatever you got to do, do it. But it's not the white people is your problem. Robber barons come in all colors, all shapes and sizes, and all different countries. So good luck identifying who the enemy is. Right now, the enemy that's up your ass, Maui, is Jeff Bezos, numero uno. Uh, and the worst of all, the worst and most anti-Hawaiian person in the history of all things, Larry Ellison. And that's your real enemy because these are predatory capitalists. These are predators. And they want to buy it all up. They want to own it all. And then they want to put a fence around it and, you know, so, for their buddy. I mean, I'm telling you, they want to make a kingdom in their own image in Hawaii and stay out of the U.S. And that New Zealand's proven to be a, a, a bust. You know what I mean? It's not proven to be safe. So Hawaii, you know, uh, Zuckerberg, all those guys over in Hawaii. Hawaii is going to be the, you know, Kauai, Oahu, Maui. You know, that's going to be the, the hub for the elites in the future. And they're gonna, the only way they can do that is to you know, burn the place down and kick everyone out. This Lahaina, can, I think, represents... Do you know how long that they've been trying to buy up property? You know, and buy property. I mean, through surrogates, of course, not directly. But, I mean, they've been trying to, they've been trying to get people to sell, and they wanted to change Lahaina for a long time. They have various developers have had plans of modernizing and, you know, making it a really... So the thing is, they had competition from Wailea. They had competition from Kanapali. They had con competition from all over the place. You know what I mean? So they, they, they felt that uh, the draw... For these cruise ships, they, they basically live and survive on cruise ship money. So how could Lahaina be? Well, Lahaina needs a big international airport. Well, the airport's not far from Lahaina. It's on the other side of the island. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, um, yeah, kick all the Hallies out and... And then, well, then that's just not being all-inclusive, is it? Well, don't, don't look to LGBTQ for help because that, they're all about communism. They've got, you know, they really don't uh, have a, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 I could have told you 10, 15 years ago, it's, it's not about sex, man. It never was. You know, even though they, they, we walk around with G-strings on all that, it's not about that. It's about political power. But then again, you should have known that. You know, same thing with Black Lives Matter and, you know, and same thing with all these other things. You know, it's about uh, political power. The power to, you know, basically uh, 
what they're looking at is they feel like there would be a, a fair universal income if they just go along with a globalist. And I'm, I'm like, nothing could be funnier and nothing could be f- further from the truth and more pathetic than that thought. They're just going to give you this, you know, just let you go play as long as you mind your P's and Q's, as long as you take your, your, your jabs on time, and as long as you die on cue, you can have, you can wander around your compact 15-minute city and, um, you know, just uh, knock yourself out, baby. But all of this goes. I mean, it, it was, we didn't really address the... Uh, the Northeast, you know, fires and fires in Northern California. We, we, we never addressed the, the idea of these, you know, beams coming down from, you know, from what satellites, planes, whatever, and burning up like, you know, one building and then sparing others and sparing trees and like having everything perfect except the house, you know, stuff like that. We, nobody ever, so that, you know, they got away with it. And when you get away with something, you do it again. So they got away with, you know, basically murdering one, you know, two-thirds of the people of the United States. And I guarantee you this. The more people that wind up dead, the more they're going to say there's nothing going on, you're just full of conspiracy theories. The more people that want, the more the freeways are empty, the more there's no traffic downtown, the more they're going to say you're full of conspiracy theories. There's, there's the same traffic there was 10 years ago. Nothing is different. There aren't, aren't you know... Half the people in Santa Fe County are not dead. They're not dead. They didn't die. The people that take the jab, they live because the jab basically gave them immunity. And, and, and then you say, well, but the, the tainted vaccines were only about really 10% death, death, uh, death shots. And another third of those were for um, to create cancer and other complications. In other words, die slowly, die 10, 10, 15 years before your time. And then there were others that were placebos. In other words, there was saline solution. I just get so mad thinking about this. And they look at you in the hospital. They even say now, it's time for your pneumocovid, your, 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 uh, what is it called? Uh, Your pneumonia vaccine. We've got it ready to go. And they keep trying to, like, need... They gave me some kind of shot when I was in the hospital. I wondered if, if they tried to sneak one in on me. A shot in the arm. I don't know what it was. Well, I think I'm okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, do you think they could have snuck an mRNA vaccine on me and I didn't know it, and then they put me on this heart medication to prevent blood clots, knowing that that would happen? I mean, could that, and then like, of course they could do something like that. Of course they could. Of course they could. The only way, you know, they say, well, how, how can you live then, Zeph? Well, I don't want to live by killing people. Oh, it's not like that. You are a murderer. You are a liar. You lie all day long, but you obey the man. You obey the robot. You obey the AI. You obey what you're told. All you do is do what you're told because you're worried that you're not going to get that paycheck. 
if you step out of line. And if you spill the beans about what you're really involved in and all the pain and death that's going on around you that you're zip-tight silent about, then you'll lose everything. So I don't want to be like you. All right? I don't want, right? what's that song? I wouldn't want to be like you. I don't want to be like you ever. I got it, you know, I've had a glimpse of, uh, I can't say it. It's a secret project. I can't say it. I wish I could. I got a lot to say if I could say some things, but I, there's some things I can't say. But darn it, I wish I could. I don't think anyone would be shocked or surprised to, um, if I said that basically Antifa was part of our crew in, in, in Austin and they were trying to sabotage our movie. I don't think I would even be, uh, you know, I don't think anyone would even, you know, would, would, probably people would just yawn at that. But there's other things out there too. Besides just lawfare and just, it's just there's just, a, the game in, in filmmaking is just, it's a cutthroat game of, you know, half of it is get the other guy. I don't, I don't play that. I don't, I don't play that at all. I just try to do what I do and I just don't see people. I'm, I'm not in, I don't want to get involved in arguments out there because I really, I've got things to say, but I don't need to debate. I hear, I've heard all the arguments all my life. So, you know, it's my turn now. But I can say this, that, you know, there are people that just have their heads screwed on wrong. They think the society is good and that we should conform to it. And, you know, and there's, you know, there's just a lot of people with a death wish for other people out there. And, you know, they, they wish you harm. And I guess the Bob Dylan song turns out to be prophetic, you know. They'll stone you and then they'll say good luck. <laughs> but uh, this, this thing on Maui, though, you know, I mean, you know, burning down the whole town. I mean, this is like a model for the rest of the world. Where do they burn down? They burned down San Francisco. I mean, they've done it to a big city. And I understand that... Um, the, the artist William Keith, you know, it's a distant relation, he um, apparently lost 2,000 paintings in that fire. Something crazy. That's, that's awfully prolific, 2,000 paintings. When, when, when can anyone paint 2,000 paintings? Like a life's work, you know. And the ones that did survive sell for quite quite good money. And whenever you think of William Keith, just think of uh, 1840s and 50s, the founder of Bohemian Grove. He's the founder of Bohemian Grove. He was the mystic. He was the leader, of the, the spiritual leader at that time. And he insisted on having that, uh, that time in, the, uh, in Sonoma, Sonoma County in the, uh, in the Grove in the Redwood Grove. He insisted on it. He, it, was his, it was, that was his idea. So I'm glad I'm not directly related to him. I'm, I'm, I really am. But, but they all, all the Scottish imports into that area all moved to Berkeley. 
And he lived like right across from the Berkeley, then the Berkeley campus. He ended up marrying a, uh, a suffragette who was, you know, who, who was instrumental in getting the, and who had a, a judge as a father. And, the, you know, the, it's basically, you know, um, he wound up being buried in her family plot rather than the other way around. So it's kind of far, hard to find where he's buried, but he's buried in a place where there's a lot of uh, bohemian clubbers, let's just put it that way. Very interesting, you know, history is. And right now I'm hunting down the uh, a different... I think it'd be good for me to write a historical thing, you know. I mean, I just have to... Um, I got to start training for it because it's really, really a, a long haul... You know, it's just, you just got to be disciplined and you have to be, you can't go up and down emotionally. You got to really just do what you're going to do and have an even keel about it. You know what I mean? Just, you get to work and you get to work and then you get to work and then you get to work. You know what I mean? It's more disciplined than a job you go to, let's say. Because, I mean, you're the employer and you're also the employee. But if you don't produce, then it's hard to produce. It's hard to write one page, let alone five pages a day. But it's about... um, a character of the past that um, also was there in Berkeley, a man named John Webb Keith, who sailed around the uh, uh, the Horn around. He he, he was originally from Boston and loaded up a ship full of lumber and sailed it all the way around South America, around the Horn there, and up into the uh, harbor of San Francisco to start building the first you know houses there. Just a real, uh, whose whose wife and uh, kids, I think, came out and had to come come in a covered wagon, you know, from say out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, or something, and had to cross the you know Great Divide. And then, uh, you know, there's um, there was uh, on the ship's manifest, uh, there are various people, um, and I really liked the part where they had to fight the pirates off. And that, you know, just to get this wood there into San Francisco, this was his deal. And he was listed on his obituary as a carpenter, as was uh, his son, who is my grandfather's father, listed as a carpenter who who, uh, committed suicide. I just think the Great Depression and all that just kind of drove some people insane, you know. But but in, in the case of John Keith, he died at like 85. But he built out there, he was part of a mine, he hooked up with a guy named Lucky Baldwin, who, was, who owned a lot of land in Southern California back in the days of the gold rush. And people were coming out to California, they were dropping everything. People were going nowhere in Boston. People were going nowhere in New York City. They were going nowhere, and they, they had to strike out west to have a chance, and a chance to, to, to live and they heard about people mining gold and panning for gold and becoming rich. And they thought, wow, that's really cool. Your uncle so-and-so went out there and now he's rich. Uncle John went out there and he went out to California and went to build some houses and he, and, you know, and, and he had a mine in Nevada. Now he's rich. I, I'm, count me in. Maybe I can get rich too. So why would they have to leave for the West Coast during the gold rush, besides hearing about the gold. There's gold in those streams and those rivers up in the Sierras. Oh, yeah. Rich with with minerals, gold being one of them. 
But why would they have to strike out? Why would they have to strike out and face the Indians? You know, because the Indians would just scalp them and they would just surround them, right? Surround the covered wagon, they'd shoot them full of arrows and then they'd scalp them all because they, they, you know, they'd have the scalps on a line. You know, they were like some kind of fetish object. You know, so so there were dangers of if, if just striking out in a covered wagon. And plus there's a danger of starvation and of weather if going up or over the Rockies. And, and there's just tremendous amounts of danger. And sailing around the Horn, there was no Panama Canal then. Very dangerous. In fact, at one point they had to be rescued and uh, John Webkeith had fallen off the ship into the water or whatever. They had to rescue him because the, the seas were so tempestuous, so terrible. And I imagine there were some swashbuckling things too, some fights and some maybe some sword fights. I don't know. But, I mean, um, it's, um, you know, all based on history. Fascinating. But, you know, people were the same then. They're, the cities were owned by city bosses, and the jobs were given out to people that were connected to the system. And if you were just a, a guy in the city and you didn't understand the way that worked, uh, you'd probably be thinking about coming out west to see if you could get rich on that gold because you ain't going to make any money there. You're not going to be able to be anything but a poor guy in the street in New York. So California bound. I got to do something to take care of my wife and my five kids. There's not enough opportunity in the United States. So we had to strike it out to the West. And then a lot of us got killed. But we got killed because we're trying to have a better life than just squalor. So that's the best country on earth. Just imagine. I'm just saying, you know, it's... uh, I'm all for striking out to, 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 to find gold, but, you know, a lot of those stories were phony stories. They're leaving on a wing in the prayer because conditions are just such that they can't handle it. The, the gold rush of the 1840s, 1849, and the 1850s was, uh, you know, based on uh, certain economic conditions. But anyway, I mixed. I've, I've digressed. I've, you know, I've left the subject of uh, Maui. I, I just, I see these sharks coming in. I can just see the salivation just dripping off their teeth, their tongues wagging like hungry wolves. And I can just see them eyeing that beautiful island. And then everything about that that storm, Hurricane Dora. Everything about it was weird. And people's eyewitness testimony was weird, like the, the, like the, the fires in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you know, I, I can just tell you prophetically, it was burned to the ground by somebody. But, you know, but it looks like God might have used people. I don't know, maybe they're just very wicked in Lahaina. I don't know. When I was there and lived within walking distance of Front Street. One time, I was there for, you know, a couple weeks. 
it was like a hippie town. You know, you walk down the street. It's very, very humble. You know, there's nothing. It's, you know, still a shanty town. And just, you know, it's a good time. You know, it's, it's uh, people sit and watch for whales out there and they, in the harbor. And then there's, uh, you know, everybody's looking for something. But, you know, they're there, especially off the cruise ships, to come in, have dinner, shop. They had a a system, an economic system that seemed to work. But a lot of people felt that Lahaina was not living up to its potential. And nobody could budge with that. Let's see what they do now with the rebuild. Oh, they'll have the money to rebuild and they will, you know, they will mourn the dead. And, you know, I pray for the people there already who have, uh, you know, who are suffering from this. I pray that they have discernment that they don't get fooled. But if they're going to be fooled, it's not my fault. See, this is the thing about man. You know, man has been fooled because man doesn't listen. Man doesn't understand. You know, man can go through a lesson and be just burned to hell and then repeat that same thing two months later. And like he forgot the whole first lesson. So I, I'm, you know, I'm reminded of the Israelites and the Babylonian captivity, and I'm reminded of Sodom and Gomorrah. That you know, the people, you know, have knowledge of the flood. They know that you know, God's wrath will just devastate them, but they go, they carry on anyway. Like maybe this time we'll get away with it. And if there was no God there, they wouldn't do anything because this is all about, I don't know, the forces that are driving them are the forces of hatred of God, but what is, what is it they hate? Every atheist believes in God. There's no such thing as an atheist that doesn't believe in God. I'll say it again. Every atheist believes in God thoroughly. There's no equivocation about that. There's just no question about that. Every atheist believes in God, and every agnostic believes in God. Every anti-God person believes in God. Every Satanist believes in God, even double, even more so than, than many believers. Everyone actually believes in God. There's no one that doesn't believe in God. Those who will put their faith and trust in God, that's another story. But everybody believes in God. Every knee has already bowed. No need to look for every knee to bow in the future. It's bowed. The knee is bowed. That doesn't mean they're going to go along with it. That means you can bow your knee, but not your heart. Would belief in God have changed the events in Lahaina no, the only thing that would change the events in Lahaina is to for God to get rid of the destroyers of the earth. Because they're 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 destroying the skies, they want to blot out the sun, they're trying to destroy the genome, they're trying to to, to destroy all carbon life forms, and they want to make people into more you know, di- either digitized uh you know, dead people, comic book uh uh you, you know, um avatars. It doesn't matter. I mean, when you're that, you're dead anyway. You're dead, 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 dead. So who cares? 
You're not conscious like you were before of you when you go digital. You're not there at all. You are not there. This is their fantasy. They've, Harari is filled with nothing, but read his book. It's all fantasy. It's all, it's all anti-science. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Dang it, I'm, I'm going to have to get writing in the future here, so hopefully I can get some things done. And, and uh, you know, the kind of things I'm getting on the page are like nothing I've done before. It's some, sometimes there's a stream of consciousness. Sometimes there's just breaking the rules. But sometimes there's so much anger stored up. There's so many things I'd, I'd like to do. You know, I'd like to lead an army to victory or, or just be a, a soldier in an army to victory, you know, just be one of those guys in Braveheart, you know, but I'm not going to be, you know, and as you get older, but you know, the idea that, that I mean, they, the idea that they leave old people alone is now that myth is shattered. They got that 75 year old and they just gunned him the, down boy they just gunned him down he couldn't even probably see who was shooting at him they just they came in and they just gunned him down (laughs) here he is pretty much on his way out anyway and like the neighbor said he was he was not going to go hurt anybody he was taking care of a handicapped child he himself handicapped and they just, they just took great relish. I told you, they like to go after old people because they feel that you know, there's, there's, they're not going to fight back. And also they can gun down old people. They never get in trouble for it. They can just say, well, the guy was you know, threatening to kill the president or something like that. Well, I'm not threatening to kill anybody. I'm not threatening to kill the president. I'm not threatening to do anything because I've all, I'm, in a sense, I've already given up. And in another sense, I haven't, you know, with the ideas. But I mean, I, you know, I don't think that the people of uh, America could win against a, a mechanized army like the United States Army or advanced weapons or, or the FBI or the CIA or any. I don't think that uh, Americans would, you know, I think Americans could all easily be killed in that kind of situation. So effectively I've accepted that we're in captivity and that there is no, there's no way we can fight back. And so if, if, you know, you have a grandchild that says, well, what did you do grandpa for the, for the kids? And what did you do to try to help? Well, I shot my mouth off to try to wake people up. Didn't really work. People that woke up were going to wake up anyway. And the ones that didn't never were. So it's kind of a, I guess I've done a service for the people that are awake, just that I'm echoing their sentiments. And so sometimes when we hear that, we don't feel so alone. So that's, that's good. As far as making inroads against the enemy, I, I don't know what to do. I would advise people not be violent. Don't threaten um, you know, anybody with anything. At the same time, you know, the way it feels when you're being killed. The, the, I guess what they want is us to be, to shut up and get killed and not complain about it. The lesson being, if you do complain about being killed, then they're just going to gun you down. 
right? That guy complained about being killed, and he's, he held Biden responsible. That's not a bad, bad choice, but it's not accurate. Biden's not responsible. He's like the he's like the, the the head of the of the snake in a way, but he's not really the decision maker. He's he's a feeble, um, conniving mobster. He's like Obama, a slave of Obama. He's like a Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. They're all you know. They're all pretty much the same. They're all connected to like the gangsters of the past, of mafia, Al Capone. Uh, that's you know that you know gunning each other down the streets of Chicago. You know this, it's all connected. You know the, the, the crooks run everything through blackmail. There's not much we can do about it. I just hope a lot of you get through this, you know, in one piece and and really. You know, I, I really just don't know. I've, I've never been in a situation where it was so one-sided. Where two-thirds of the world signed on with, with the forces of evil. Can you believe that? They signed on with evil. They, they actually, they know that people are getting killed, I think. They know that, that lies are being told. They They cover it all up. They... They think this this aim of communism is worth all the lying and whatever means or by whatever means necessary. That it finally there'll be fairness. And I'm like, well, who collects the taxes? Who makes the laws? Exactly. Therefore, there's no such thing as communism. Never has been, never will be. All there is is dictatorship and brutal totalitarianism. That's all there is. And they know about Pol Pot. They know about Mao. They got pictures of Mao in their living rooms. They, they, they think that it's, you know, they're, so, they're doing some noble thing for people when all they're doing is taking people's rights away. They are the oppressor. And they claim that everyone else is oppressing them. It's just unbelievable. But they are completely mentally ill. So anyway, if I find I don't don't I don't communicate with communists. I, I, that's where I draw the line. I, I don't acknowledge their existence, unless you know the Lord puts me on someone you know that's that's teetering. But most of them, they're just insane. They're, they're like going around with like blood on a on a on a placard. You know what I mean? This is blood from my aborted baby. I'm proud. I'm proud to kill babies and. You know, so really, most of them have the upside-down pentagram, the sign of Baphomet. So most of them are, are really practicing witchcraft, paganism, Satanism, whatever. And, and, you know, the big deep, dark secret is cannibalism. That's the, and then beyond cannibalism, it would be the other deep, dark secret would be uh, transfer of consciousness to a non-biological body or entity. Yeah, so... Well, there must be some kind of way out of here, say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion and I can't get no relief. You know, it was just like this back in the 60s. People never learn. 
Ja siinä ei saa. I don't think anti-Maui you know, aid would be a very popular uh, position to take <laughs> online. I'm not anti the aid. I'm anti the control mechanism. Do you understand the difference? I mean, if Steven Tyler and Sammy Hagar, I don't know who else is on the island, some whoever else, whatever other, there's a bunch of musicians there. You know, Jimi Hendrix did Rainbow Bridge there. Before the rainbow was LGBTQ, Hendrix was doing Rainbow Bridge, but that had nothing to do with, you know, I, I know they like to claim that. I, I, I feel that God gave me the rainbow. He gave it to all of us. But that's another story. Um, it was like this before. With, 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 you know, stop the world, I want to get off, right? I want to jump off the world. Get me out of here, right? Every, my whole life, it's been, been kind of like that. But then there are inflection points where it just gets intolerable. And even driving, like, you got to be careful. And, and I'll just say this about violence. You cannot be violent right now because people are crazy out there. They will kill you. Right? You, you flip somebody the bird, you could get a gun in your face. So you just have to really discipline yourself to come. I mean, I'm ranting here on, on line, but when I'm out there, I'm, I'm cautious. I'm driving slow because I see even here when I was trying to turn left out of a parking lot at Albertsons and make a left. And then it was very narrow there. So I figured, okay, the guy that wants to get, go down that lane to find a parking place let me turn left first, you know, and get out of his way, and then he can have the lane, you know what I mean? Just a normal thing. So as I was turning, he just jammed it in there where he could almost, he almost scraped his car, almost crashed his car, you know, insisting that he had the right-of-way. And, then, and I said, I'm just trying to help. But it made me mad, but I had to stand down, I had to swallow it, and I had to just move on. He was way out of line. But he didn't stop and get out of the car and beat the crap out of me, which could have happened. So when that situation comes up again and I see they're turning, you know, I'm not going to assume that they want me to go first and so they can turn down that lane. The lane is both ways, but it's narrow. So I'm just going to wait and, and see what he does. And I'm going to wave him in. I say, go ahead, you know. You've got the right of way, go ahead. You know, or anything else if I see, um, you know, <laughs> or anything else. You know, not, I don't go to political rallies now because they, you know, they, they're just used now to spy on people. And if I fall, I have to go to the hospital, according to them. If I fall against something, if I hit my elbow, if I hit my, you know, shoulder, if I, you know, anything like that, I've got to go to the hospital. So, yeah, and so I still have this cane because I'm, just to make sure that I, you know, have a little extra, you know, because my back has been, you know, it's out all the way up and down because of uh, the hospital. And I don't want to go to the hospital but 
they, they, you know, the anti-coag people want me in the hospital if I fall in, in, in any circumstance, if I just twist my ankle or anything like that, I got to go in. And they have to make sure I'm not bleeding internally. Isn't that nice? Yeah, well, the only thing I can say is, you know, eat your Wheaties and stay in condition and, you know, don't do anything like I do. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't, don't, uh, don't do drugs. Don't don't um, don't get really angry. Just kind of like try to be, you know, try to be just like really appreciative of everything that's going on, and and uh, you know, make sure you get your exercise in. <laughs> Holy water. Okay. Thank you. Ah, all right. Taking a formula of water. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get off the meds eventually, you know, but my heart is um, uh, kind of messed up, you know, and they're, they're worried about, uh, you know, a cardiac arrest. So I'm, you know, I don't want to go just yet. So I'm putting up with it. But uh, shoot. I mean, I can make a case for not putting up with it. I mean, you know, too. But, but then again, I don't want to let them have any victory. You know what I'm saying? I just like I'm always. You know, I'll stay here despite you. I just live on, and, and you know, the fact you want me dead just that makes me want to live even more. Well, anyway, so I'll, I'll play the classic DCP Diluted, which is our take on the, that's that's Diluted. I wrote it after uh, falling out with a guy on social media, and. All they do, you know, to, to, to pretend to be rock stars is they get on something like SoundCloud and they just lie about each other's music, you know, just to get theirs reviewed. And by doing that, they get more plays and they boost themselves and they hang out to get together. Go, I got 1,500 plays. I, I got 2,080 and I got, you know. And it's all based on dishonesty. So just tell, you know, so the, the line... You know, tell everyone how how nice they are. You know what I mean? Butter them up. Right? And when you go down that road of buttering people up, you, you do eventually get diluted. You, you've, you've got to decide where you draw the line with lying. You don't want to just tell people, well, I think you're just a snake in the grass. You know, well, then how are we supposed to, okay, well, then I guess we're not going to talk to each other again. Yeah, and you could, you know, you could alienate every single person to where you're you're just alone and there's no one to talk to. And, you know, there's no rule against that in the Bible. God doesn't say, don't do that, butter them up. Flatteries is when they flatter you too, you know, you can't listen to that. Just like you don't want to listen to the one when they, when they slam you and they try to trash you. I mean, I've been trashed enough, you know, but the way they really want to trash you, like if you, if you're doing any independent art or anything, is they just want you to, to, to make sure that, uh, you know, you never do it again. That you don't feel free to do anything. That you should be ashamed that you even, even attempted to, to uh, you know, to, to uh, express yourself or better your life. They want you to be ashamed that you even thought you could, you could do something without asking at least somebody for permission. And so they're going to pummel you into the ground. And these are people that make a great case, you know, in, in their in their 
bigotry. And basically, that's what I would, how I would sum up the crew in Austin. Bigots. Just total bigots. Total bigots. You know, anything that had to do with Christianity or whatever, if the person was born again, whatever, any of that, uh, they just go into hate mode. That, and that's, that's their whole trip. Once you know that about, uh, you know, that's the same way in Santa Fe. There's no, no, no reason to do any, any kind of film work here because the people are complete, total, utter bigots. It's okay if you go to the Catholic Church, you know, on, on Sunday and Ash Wednesday or whatever. But just don't be a, a, you know, a real follower of Jesus. Because if you are, you got to just go underground. Oh, they'll find out anyway. I don't want to make the same mistake Peter made, so I kind of wear it on my sleeve. You know, and I'll pray in Jesus' name. Like, I pray right now that this message is, you know, if there are any messages in this, that they are received by the people that need them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate every breath. I appreciate every moment of life that I have, even though I'm completely frustrated at the same time. You think I'm frustrated. How about God? You don't, don't think God gets frustrated? Having people do the same thing every time or in every generation, make the same mistake. It's, there's only one mistake people make. There's only one mistake, and there's only one real virtuous thing you could do. You know, and from that, that one thing flows everything else. You can choose life, which is God, which is Jesus Christ. Right? In him was life, and, and the life was the light of men, but the, the, the darkness did not comprehend the light, and men comprehended it not. So the, the, the cornerstone that was needed to build the civilization, the building, the, the, the operation, the, the, the uh, society, whatever, was rejected. So what kind of society are we going to have? It's going to be dysfunctional, Right? And until they accept the Lord, it will continue to be dysfunctional. And nothing, nothing will save it of going out in the street and parading around and doing all that. I mean, that might help if you're led to do that. By all means, do it. But the only thing that's really going to turn things around is, is you know, fidelity with, with, the, with the Lord, with God, you know. And the only fidelity with God that we can have is through Jesus because there is no other means by way of, um, you know, the, there's no other mechanism by which we can know God. I'm, you know, it's like, if you try to know God direct, then basically you're dissing his son, which is dissing him, which is, is a wall already preventing you from going any further. So there really is no way around it. And, and um, I've looked at it a million different ways. I've looked at it uh, historically, legally, anthropologically, architect, you know, uh, in every other way. Um, and it's, it's real. The stories are real. The uh, situation is real. And, and just look at it this way. This guy, Jesus, preaching these amazingly, you know, concepts that are beyond most people, you know, and uh, well beyond his age. Of thirty-three years old or thirty-two or whatever during the the, the, the life of a well well proving through the acts and through the uh, you know, the, the um, uh, various things that he could do that he was you know completely and utterly adept at it, but at the same time showed the way that all people could be have the same 
powers, the same miracle uh, producing uh, powers, the same, the, you know, basically it just takes focusing on it. It just takes realizing that you too have that same power and you need to focus on it and it, and it comes to pass. When I look back on all the things I didn't think were going to happen and they did because I prayed and I thought, oh, nothing will happen with that. And then it happened. Like a good one was it, it, or I got hurt, like really persecuted by people, you know, really, really hurt. And um, I didn't strike back. You know, I just gave to God. I said, God, I'm hurt. I don't know how to get beyond this. Please help me. They hurt me, Lord. They hurt me. They hurt me bad. Please help me, Lord. They hurt me so bad. I just want to be able to get up on my feet again, Lord. Please. And then, you know, it kind of passes, you know, and a couple of days you're sort of on your feet, kind of maybe a little bit distracted. And then as you look back a year later, you see that the people that had done something against you are no longer involved or here or they're dead or something like that and you oh no oh it's heavy again it's like so you had my back lord and the lord says well had they continued that you know you you would be dead so the choice was either you or them wow so you did protect me after all when I was praying, I was acting like a victim, like I would never be protected, and I didn't think I would be, and I just forgot about it. And now I see that you did, you did, you were looking out for me. You were trying to protect me from the ravenous wolves. Yes. Maybe next time you'll believe in the beginning, when you pray, and it will produce in you a calm as if you've received it already. And then you'll see it come to pass, and you'll say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for clearing that way. Now, it doesn't have to involve death. I never prayed for anyone to die. I never prayed for them to lose their job or lose anything. I just prayed that the Lord would help me cope with being hurt. And how can I get up on my feet without being feeling devastated and feeling like I'm going to collapse? Like I can't make it through the day. You know, and so the Lord will assess if anyone's, because he can see all kinds of people out there that we can't even see, that we're not even aware of, that could pose a threat. So he said, Lord, I place my life in your hands in Jesus' name. And thank you for your protection and thank you for the guidance. I know you want me to live. And I know that letting me live is for a witness as well. In Jesus' name, amen, right? You know, and, and so, uh, yes, there is a lot of life versus death because it it, it it's really when a pagan comes up against a Christian. Um, they each know they can't be friends. They each know they can't just kind of look the other way and be buddies. They, they sort of realize that, uh, you know, there's, 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 you know, no, they're there. They, they know they can cooperate. They can work together, probably. They can cooperate. They can do things. 
But as far as being really tight friends, I think when when you have the Lord, you need to talk to somebody about that. You, you need, you know, there's that connection that you feel with other people. That it's not about belief; it's about you know just orientation to the world. Like, oh, there's another one of us. Oh, there's one of them. Oh, there's you know, you see the us and them thing. You're not you're not looking for it. You're not trying to have. To, I w- I would rather everybody get along fine. I'd rather not have this spiritual war. And they always justify it by saying, well, we're, 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 it's a war of love. And I'm like, no, your war is a war of hatred. Hatred of anyone that disagrees with you. And I have no, you know, with me, you could be my friend whether you believe in God or not. But if you become a devout Satanist where that's really your cause, there would be friction. But if that's not, if you're just a guy out there, you're not sure what's going on, sure, we can be friends, no problem. And with that, I think I'll ski-daddle. God bless yous. (laughs) You can stay
Lie, lie.